The River Calvin runs through the west end of Glasgow, underneath the canal before heading south and joining the Clyde. Along its length are littered the remains of old bridges, gated off entrances that now lead to open air and stone pillars sticking out of the river, holding up nothing. These old structures haven't been any use to the living for a very long time, but to the dead, they are as they once were and still have a purpose. I often use the Calvin Walkway. It's close to my home and it can take me pretty much anywhere I want to go. Into the heart of the West End with the University and the Calvin Grove Park, out towards Annie's Land and even to the city centre. You can avoid traffic and there are always plenty of cute dogs to see on the way. It's a beautiful little walk, hidden from the bustling town around it. The path is narrow and curving in places and can feel a little risky when people on bikes come hurtling around corners, but I have never felt in any real danger on the walkway. Except once. It was a late summer afternoon and I was on my way home from the park. It had been raining all day and the walkway was deserted. I was taking twice as long as normal to make my way along the path between avoiding puddles and trying not to slip in the mud. I stopped for a moment in a sheltered spot to take a breath out of the downpour, and as I looked around, I noticed just how quiet the pathway was. I couldn't hear any traffic from the streets above through the rainfall, and there wasn't a single other person walking past me. Even the buildings on each side of the river seemed deserted. I felt an odd sense of unease and hurried on, making my way past the ruins of the old mill and along the final stretch before the turn-off up to my exit home. The rain grew heavier as I trudged along. It was far too late to bother trying to run. I was already as drenched as I was going to get. I was contemplating this fact, feeling the cold water run down the back of my neck, when I realised something strange. All of a sudden, I seemed to be back under shelter. Not a single drop of rain was falling on me. I looked up, curious. There was nothing between me and the open sky, and yet, as I looked around, there was a stretch of ground and river next to me that was completely untouched. The path below me was dry, and no raindrops splashed on the surface of the patch of river next to me. On either side the rain poured down, but from the wall to my right, all the way over to the new development, where the old BBC building had stood, there wasn't any rain at all. I walked over to the edge of the dry patch and held out my hand. The cold rain hit it normally. I pulled it back. Nothing. I felt my skin grow cold. It was a rainy day, but it was still summer and the raindrops were lukewarm. But while I had been standing there in the strange dry section of the path, I had become colder and colder. My teeth chattering, I braced myself for the downpour and moved on. Something deeply strange and unnatural was happening in that place and I wanted to be out of it. I reached the turn-off back to the road above and moved as fast as I could until I reached the pavement. I turned to walk home, and then I hesitated. I could get back to my flat and get dry if I turned left, but if I turned right, I would walk right up to the old blocked-off entrance to the bridge that had once stood across the river. Without making a conscious decision, I found myself heading away from the route home to check it out. The old bridge entrance cuts right out of the pavement above the path. The edge is normally covered by an iron railing with a little plate explaining the history of the structure. Nothing else is left of it other than the foundations of the arches in the river and the other entrance on the opposite side. I reached it quickly and, to my surprise, the railing was gone. 
I approached cautiously, looking over the edge, expecting to see the drop down in the dry ground I had just walked across. Instead, I saw a long stone road, clean and well maintained, that led across the river. The exit was obscured by the heavy rainfall. On both sides, gas lamps lit the path, the lights diffused in the rain. I stood there, marvelling at the sight, when suddenly I felt very cold once again. I turned and looked behind me. It was still deathly quiet, even with the busy main road within sight. But I was no longer alone. Walking towards me was a tall, thin figure. It was unsettlingly blurry. None of the lines of its body seemed solid, and it made no sound as it walked. I looked down at the ground and saw that as it passed puddles, it never made a splash. I began to back away as it approached, and when I moved, its gaze followed and met mine. The two of us were still for a long time. It seemed just as unsure of what to do as I was. Then, just as I had made up my mind to run, it looked past me, beyond the bridge entrance, and, its decision made, walked on, passing me with another curious stare. I watched it cross from the pavement and onto the bridge, its footsteps never making a sound. Then it disappeared off into the rain. Alone again, I felt I should move away in case another creature turned up to use the bridge. But curiosity got the better of me. I had no wish to know what was on the other side, but the bridge itself was fascinating. It looked so solid. It had stopped the rain, and yet I knew that it couldn't be real. I walked right over to the edge, put one foot out over the bridge, and stopped. That was not a good idea. Instead, I picked up a small stone and threw it across. It landed on the bridge with a small click. Then I knelt down and, keeping my weight firmly on the pavement, placed one palm on the bridge's surface. With no sound at all, it vanished. My palm passed through open air. I pulled it back and cried out in alarm. There was a long, heavy moment as the rain and the lights remained. Then, like an afterglow, the floating flames were gone and the dry ground below was covered in a long sweep of rain. I sat on the ground, watching all trace of the bridge vanish in a moment. Reality came back to me and I headed home, ready for a bath to rid myself of the lingering chill and the strangeness of that afternoon. Something had happened to me that day, and though I didn't know it at the time... It was something that would change my life forever. Glasgow Ghost Stories was written and produced by Libby Thomas. Narration is by Libby Thomas. Credits are read by Harris Jones. Music by Kevin MacLeod through the Free Music Archive and sound effects from freesound.org. Both are used under a Creative Commons license. Ghosts of people too, and as we all know, People make Glasgow.